Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan from Inside Bowling. Thanks for listening to the show. On this episode, we welcome Dave Wadka. I've known Dave for a decade, and he's just one of those guys that makes your life a little bit better. He's someone who has dedicated his entire life to bowling, whether it was being a professional bowler on the Professional Bowlers Tour or as a business professional with Evanite. This show, if you found it by now, is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check our schedule for upcoming episodes. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. It would mean a lot if you did. If you really like what we're doing here and would like to support the show, head over to InsideBowling.com and use coupon code IBSHOW to save 15% off site-wide. Elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio. We apologize if at some point in the show you can't follow along. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. Thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Now here's Matt and I's show with Dave Wadka. Welcome everybody into the Inside Bowling Show. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm one of your hosts. Matt's the other host. We're beta testing this week, uh, this show, to see if it sticks or if anybody likes it or not. But uh, we're back here for episode four, and uh, for whatever reason, because we're just testing it, we have no idea why, but we've decided to turn this into Dave week. Uh, we had uh, just uh, us two to kick off the show on Monday, Matt, and then on yeah. uh, on Tuesday, we followed up with Dave Lamont. We had Dave Ryan, and just in a couple of minutes here, we're going to get to our guest today, who is Dave Wadka, who uh, both of you and I know very well and looking forward to spending some time with him. How are you today, Matt? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Today's an awesome day. It's actually my one year anniversary with my girlfriend today. So oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. It stinks we can't spend it together, but um everything's great. Beautiful day we'll, out here. We'll get sound effects eventually and I would have played the clap sound. Oh the, yeah. You know, yeah, for that, our studio audience. Cool. You know yeah, you've, you've got that little mixer soundboard thing where you've got all the buttons. Oh yeah. You could just like you got yeah. And we're going to maybe use that soundboard a little bit later today for a, a new segment yeah. that we may or may not debut if we want to take the risk or not with our guest. Right, right. People have been riding in uh, in droves. Two people wrote in, and uh, they've loved the segment that we've done with uh, with our our play by play guys the last couple of days. Uh, Chuck Gardner checking in this morning. Hope you're doing well. Also, yeah, miss you, Chuck. Yeah, um, probably gonna have a lot of uh, Brunswick family of brands people watching today because Dave Wadka. I mean, you're a great hype man, Matt, but Dave Wadka is one hell of a promoter. I mean, oh man, he's he's a promoter's promoter. He really is. Uh, yeah. And and uh, if you're if you're new to our program, which is, would be a shock uh, if you are new to the program, and you haven't been tuning in every day. Uh, but uh, the way this works is we'll bring in our guest here really, really shortly. It's coming right up. And uh, then what we do is after we let our, our guests leave for the afternoon and they can uh, digress on their day after being on such a huge high after being with us, uh, then we discuss things that are going on in the bowling world. And there are there's a lot of big information that we saw the news just before this program here today. So we will cover that a little bit later. Um, Dave may jump the gun and want to get to some of these. And if he does, that's fine. That's fine. You know, it's Dave's world. We're just all living in it, of course, you know, of course. And it's the week of days, man. So it is. It is. We're just sitting here doing nothing, really, honestly. And I'm uh, I'm efforting. I efforted on one Dave yesterday, and I got denied on a famous classic Dave Bowler. But he's too busy in another world now of of uh, of uh, another sport, I guess you would call it. But uh, 
I'm efforting to get a, a, a back-to-back U.S. Open champion on the show for tomorrow, also named Dave, and I'm working through his son on that. I don't know if it's going to work out, uh, but if not, I'm just going to probably scour the phone book and find somebody named Dave to have on the show. <laughs> Might be Dave from like your third grade math class. Like, hey, Dave, remember me? I'm Mike Flanagan. Um, I have this show, and I'm out of Dave's. Uh, could you fill in for tomorrow? Exactly. We'll yeah. And uh, I was thinking about maybe having Dave Arnold on uh, and talk about how straight his bowling ball went on television <laughs> and uh, how that worked for a period of time and what he think it would work today. But then after that, I think I might be out of questions for old Dave Arnold, even though he's a very <laughs> smart guy. Very, very true. So why, why don't we, why don't we, the people, Mike, the people aren't here to see us. Nope. No, the, the no. people aren't here to see us. They're not here to listen to us every day. We've got like three viewers and then we bring our guest on and it goes up to like nine. So, I know. I know. Why don't, why don't we, without further ado, Mike, you're an intro kind of guy. Intro, give 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 our guest today the proper intro. I will. I will. So so this this gentleman this gentleman grew up uh, bowling youth leagues. Uh, he comes from a bowling uh, family. His his mother is a saint in bowling. Uh, saint. She she's unbelievable. Um, he also uh, took to the tour and won a national title. Uh, participated on the tour for many, many years. Um, one of the, one of the underrated bowlers uh, 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 in PBA history, in my opinion. Uh, but the other thing that he's done, he's dedicated his, his entire life to bowling. Uh, he's really broken into the industry as an industry professional executive um, and uh, just a, just an all around bowling lover. Um, he, he can compete on the lanes. He can hold a marketing position, a sales position. Uh, and he's one hell of a networker, and there's not too many people that don't like this guy. So let's introduce a friend of ours and someone we've worked with for, for several years. Dave Watka joins us now on the program. Hello, Dave. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me today. Was that intro okay? Because we can redo it. No, man, you're, you're good. I, I would never have you redo anything. Speaking of which, you know, Dave, I'm wondering how you feel about this. So, so for so long now, Mike is Mike has been on the receiving ends of you know your direction, your guidance, um, your mentorship, um, and now you're on you're on Mike's show. What what does it feel like to have the tables turned here? Uh, it's actually a little scary because I never know what's going to come out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the truth and i don't know what is yeah, that's for sure well dave we definitely appreciate you joining us today on our on our show on dave week and um you know we would probably would have had you on in the first thousand episodes anyway but because it's dave week you got on on this beta testing week how does it feel to be a guest on this program it's an honor to be on such a huge program so early i can't believe it you know i mean this thing's blowing up. It's all uh, tens of people watching, and I'm. <laughs> Dave, I will tell you that you, um, your networking abilities has has made this show our most watched show so far. So yeah, thank and you for that, Dave. We're only eight and a half minutes in, so big shout out to you, Dave. This is where we would also play the claps again. It would be all right, you have to you have to work on that soundboard, Mike. Yeah, yeah I will. I I will get uh, some buttons and keys, and we'll we'll get that for sure. Uh, Dave, you are now living in Michigan, uh, and you've got, where are you right now? Because I see some artifacts behind you and tell us, tell us where you're at right now. I am, uh, in my basement slash man cave. Uh, yes, we, we had to move to Muskegon, Michigan with, with the acquisition of the Evanite International Brands by Brunswick. 
I was fortunate enough that they kept me on, offered me a position. Uh, we did move here. We've been here for about six weeks now. And uh, with the unfortunate happenings going on in the world right now, I've been able to do a little work in my basement. And so a lot of the stuff you see in the background is uh, memorabilia that I was able to obtain from the Ebonite facility when we left. I think my favorite piece is the big sign that was right inside the front door there. Yeah, I remember walking right through the vestibule, I believe is what they call that. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, it looks like you got that one right there. So congratulations on being able to get that artifact there. Yeah, there's a, it's pretty cool. When I get it done, it'll be pretty neat. There's a lot of Earl Anthony and Don Carter and Walter Ray and Carmen and all kinds of cool stuff. Earl, a lot of Earl stuff. Is that Mookie Betts? Am I making out Mookie Betts back there? That is right next to the Ebonite sign. That's Mookie Betts' uh, Ebonite staff photo from our training center. Awesome. That's great. And, uh, you know, Dave, you're a seasoned vet here, and I don't really want to waste any more time um, without answering, asking excuse me, some important questions here. So I've got a question from Eric Krause. Is Wadka bringing back the mullet? <laughs> well, I, it's either it's going to be that before I shave my head. I can promise that. So if this goes on any longer, yeah, he could. The, the 1991 uh, Lamode Classic mullet could be making an appearance again. All right, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Dave Wonka is possibly bringing back the mullet. It's going to make it pop again in 2020. Not, not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, speaking of um, speaking of your your. Um, your experience on the PBA tour um, and all the time that you spent as an athlete. I've got a clip here for you. We're just going to throw this out. We're just going to get into it really quickly today. I've got a clip here um, and just make sure you can see this. All right. This is a, this is a, a very, um, you know, a big moment in your life here. The 1998 PBA Detroit open. 1999. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. 1999. Correct. 1999 PBA Detroit open. I want to play this clip. I want to. I want to. I want you to watch this. I want you to tell us what was going on. What was this like for you, coming from such a big bowling family, um, and finally, you know, accomplishing and, and achieving that dream of winning a PBA title? What was that? What was that like? So let's go here. Let's let's play this. Um, should be able to hear this volume eventually. Uh, let's rewind it. Actually, excuse me, folks. What ball is that, Dave? That is a black and silver matrix. Black still have it? Matrix. Uh, I have a black and silver matrix undrilled. The actual ball that I used to win, I had until about probably 10 years ago. It's split in half. Hmm. So, yeah, we're going to get to your we're going to get to your collections. Don't you worry about that. Dave. <laughs> we're going to certainly touch on that. We're going to let the people know. Um, so the situation here, let the people know you, you had to you had to strike in the 10th frame, right, to lock it out on this that show. Yeah, I needed this one. It would have been over here. I could have won by a ball in hand to win. And you're bowling Hoskins, and he was bowling phenomenal at the time. He was one of the big players to beat at the time. Did you like that shot? Did you like the four pin? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I would. Uh, I would like that one back. You know, the the end result ultimately ends up being okay, but I would definitely like that shot back a little bit. Left to target. Yeah. Not. not not shocking. I mean, anybody that has bowled with me for any amount of time or knows me at all, I have a tendency to miss left. And, you know, it seems like – it seems to me, I don't know, at least my experience, whenever you need something and then you, like, wrap a 10 or you throw – you leave a four pin or you throw a good shot and it doesn't result in a strike, 
And then, you know, you just get up for the fill shot and it's just effortless. Like it always strikes, it seems. It's oh, no doubt. You knew that one was going to strike. You, you're like, you, know, you almost know it. It's almost a guarantee. Did you think you were going to win? No, well, coming off the I, coach? I, I can tell you, you know, obviously, you know, you can play this. Is this, this is the first shot. You can play his first shot. Yeah. I tell you exactly what I was thinking after the first shot. I'll never forget that moment. So he's already rung 10 five times in this game and now needs the next one to beat me. And they'll, I think they'll show a clip of me here again with my face in the towel. And I, I will never forget thinking if I'm ever going to get lucky one time in my life, it needs to be right now. Wow. Wow. That, that's one thing I'll never forget. And then I'll never forget what Steve said to me when he came off the approach. He throws this one awfully good. He sure does. He had a Cadillac sponsorship on the sleeve, it looked like. He had a local something or other from down in Florida. That's a pretty good shot. Sure was. Mm. So is it is it awkward being in that situation, right? I mean, Steve's a great guy. Everybody knows that. And so, you know, to come over and give you a hug – a lot of people probably uh, nowadays wouldn't exactly do that. Um, you know, I'm not saying that the guys are, aren't nice out there. What is it like? Is it awkward? You know, you're sitting there. You're so over. You're so overcome with joy and happiness because you just won your first title, and yet you don't want to rub it into this guy that just went up there and made a great shot. You know, you want to respect him and be classy, and you also want to celebrate and be happy. What What is that like? It's It's definitely different. You know, Steve and I actually are very good friends. We We still talk at least once a month, probably, we still talk to this day, uh, both Seahawk fans, so we've always had that in common. But, uh, you know, he came off the approach, he came right over to me, gave me a hug, said nobody deserves it more than you. Wow. And that was very, he's always been a class guy. He's always been, he was always one of my favorite people. He was one of the guys, like, he went out on tour like two, three years before I did, and I always watched him. He was one of the guys I really enjoyed watching. So it was pretty cool to bowl him for a title. Um, you know, it, it worked out for him in his career and I got lucky and it worked out for me that one time. That's awesome. Did you think in 1999 that, uh, that would be your only title at the time? Uh, did, did you think that you, you were going to, were you pretty confident when you were bowling on tour in your heyday? Yeah. You know, 19, uh, 98, 99 and 2000 were actually my three best years. They were, um, that was kind of like right in my, you know, that was in my prime. I was. 20, was I 28 years old at the time when I won? So that was kind of right in my prime. I had been on tour for nine years. Um, and no, I never thought that would be my only title. Um, you know, I made, I think, three shows after that event in, uh, in singles events, but I only bowled one more year full time after that. And then I re basically retired for eight, nine years almost. And what was the reasoning for, for retirement? Uh, my, my daughter at the time was one year old and I just wanted to spend more time at home. And Evan, I was fortunate or uh, nice enough to basically create a sales position for me on the West coast at the time. So starting in 2001, I became an employee of Evan. I'd after being on staff with him since 1993. 
how difficult was that to give up the the full-time bowling career after tasting victory you know at the highest level and then making that that family decision or that economical decision to still be close to the industry uh but basically step away from going at it full time because as, as i know knowing you and working with you you're still a hell of a bowler i mean you can compete at the highest level uh can you make match play every week no can you make telecast probably not at this point but it's more so because of all the other things you have to do on a weekly basis if you dedicated yourself to just bowling over the years you may have five titles 10 titles you could be a hall of famer if you really dedicated yourself but how hard was it to make that decision when you did to to give it up and, and just dedicate yourself to bowling and your family through a, a professional side of things? Uh, at the time, it really wasn't, you know, and I, and I don't even look back on it and go, you know, what if for one, for one week on the tour, I was the best. Nobody can ever take that away from me. I'll, I'll always have that. Um, I, it turned out to be a great decision for me. I've, I've made a good name for myself in the industry. I've been in the industry as an employee or staff player, starting with Ebonite International going on my 27th year now. Um, you know, again, fortunate that Brunswick kept me on to work on those brands as well. But one thing it did do for me is that, uh, having that job and having that secure income and being in the industry and being around bowling all the time, it, it actually made me have a pretty lucrative regional career. I, you know, 20, 27 titles, right? 27 regionals, 21, 21. Yeah. I mean, 21. ridiculous. So I still got my competitive nature out that way and a couple player of the year awards and a couple Pat Patterson awards and a bunch of titles. So I, I still got my competitive nature out that way, but uh, you know, it at the time and still to this day, bowling on tour is very hard. It's never going to get any easier. Those guys are really good. I mean, you know, my, the last, the previous 10 years from now, I was still pretty good. I was still pretty active. I won a bunch of regionals and I had a hard time making a cut on tour. Yeah. And that just shows you how good the guys on tour are and the dedication that they have and the practice and work ethic that they have. This is, this is not the tour from the nineties. No. And, uh, and, and, um, you know, we'll get to Brad's, we'll get to Brad's question <laughs> in just a second. I, I, I do want to touch on something um, I think what you what you said is an important or what you what you went through over the course of your career and your life in general is a really important point for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, one of my mentors a couple of years ago told me I was having a tough time making a decision between whether to start working, whether to keep bowling, whether, to, you know, what which path to go. And my mentor told me and he said, you know, the smartest people in the world you know, don't have to choose between one or the other. They find a way to get both. And I think that that's something that I really admire about you, Dave, is that you found a way to get both, you know, on, on in some capacity, sure, you had to give up the pro tour, you had to give up the national tour, but you found a way to get both. You found a way to have a secure job, to spend time with your family um, while still being active and win 21 regional titles, which is something that I think everybody in the world would love to accomplish. Um, and that's no small feat. So I just want to say that that's something that I really admire about you is being able to not only make that decision, but be able to make the best out of, out of that situation as well. Thanks. It's, it's been a, it's been a lot of moves and it's been a lot of moving parts and a lot of, a lot of major decisions at points in my life of, 
you know, what to do with certain things, but uh, it, I don't look back on any of it and go, what if? Right. Great. We got Brad Bridges coming off the top rope here. <laughs> I saw Dave wearing a Robbie's. How long since you retired that wrist brace? Uh, Brad, I retired that wrist brace long before you started wear, uh, using inserts. So <laughs> Boom. don't come at Dave because Dave's coming right back. This is Dave week and you don't mess with the Dave's and Dave week. Man. <laughs> this is great. Um, you said, you know, you said it. it's been a lot of moves. It's been a lot of craziness, big decisions. You told us while we were preparing for the show, because this is very big time, we have preparation calls. Um, you told us that when you get your Michigan driver's license, it's going to be the ninth state that you've had a driver's license in. Do you think that that mobility and flexibility that you have is what's kept you in the industry for such a long time? Uh, I'm sure that's a lot of it. Uh, being able to take opportunities when they came my way, when you know something was offered to me and I was able to do it. You know, there's been some sacrifices and um, you know, my kids, my kids live 2,500 miles away from me now with, with uh, their mom. So there's definitely been some, some sacrifices, but again, in the long run, it's, I, I've ended up doing what's been best. And, and uh, you know, here I am 27 years later, still in the industry or, and, and still working. And now, less than a year away from being 50 and uh, hopefully getting to start to bowl a little bit again. Yeah, that's great. Let's uh, let's talk about Las Vegas, Dave. Let's talk about uh, growing up in, in, in Las Vegas. Uh, you were a youth bowler. What was the junior scene like for you uh, when you started out bowling? Well, my uh, one of the last junior league teams I bowled on was a trio and it was me, Steve Klumpkin and Jimmy Johnson. So how's that for a, a trio youth league team? That's not bad. Two, two PBA champions and a national amateur champion team USA member. That's not bad. Did you yeah. get, yeah, yeah. Pretty incredible. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's actually interesting. You know, I worked at storm products for, for a period of time and, and I've worked with, with you, uh, with inside bowling, having a contract with Ebony international and now with Brunswick. And it's, it's, it's very interesting working with Klimpkin uh, over at Storm Products and then working with, with you, with, with Ebony International and now Brunswick. And I see a lot of similarities between the two of you. Um, there's differences, of course, but uh, a lot of similarities. Uh, and it's, do you ever think about how you two have gone on to be good bowlers, but even better industry people? Have you, have you thought about that or talked to Steve about that? Yeah, we've talked a little bit. We actually, uh, we crossed together last year, I think it was at the Masters. We, we chatted a little bit and uh, Steve and I grew up bowling together. You know, we, we bowled league together a lot in uh, Vegas when we were kids. And actually when I was 14 and he was 15 or 16, he's either a year or two older than me. Uh, we went on a cruise together. He went on a cruise with me and my parents. So, you know, we, we did grow up and it, it's pretty cool to see here we are, you know, in in pretty important positions in the industry now, which is very cool. Have now, you ever, you guys? Sorry, uh, when, you're when, you, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, have, have you guys ever discussed like, you know, you guys bowled together on the same team and stuff? But in your in your careers, you know, he went with with one company, and you went with another company, and and now you're not. All companies don't necessarily compete against each other per se. But there is a bit of a rivalry and a, hey, we want to beat you that does happen at times. 
have you ever thought about if you two would have ever been on the same team what that would have been like as opposed to being on different teams so to speak oh it would have been cool i mean i'm happy for both of us that we got where we're at but it would have been cool to be on the same team it's always it's in my opinion it's always cool to work with your friends and be and be working for the same goal like we had in hopkinsville and like we have now in muskegon where it's you know i'm friends with a lot of people i work with so it's fun to try to achieve those goals with people that you're comfortable with absolutely now when you guys went on that cruise did you have the frosted tips or was was that closer to the mullet age (laughs) no man i was 14 years old (laughs) no 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 problem time and trends is pretty poor so uh, (laughs) there is a uh there is a picture of steve and i that'll that'll probably show up on my throwback Thursday picture next week of us bowling nationals together in 1992. Wow. We do want want to invite everybody to get involved with the program. We see a lot of comments coming in. We display some up on the screen. We want to thank you for watching here today. We're talking things over with Dave Wadka and uh, Dave, I do want, I do want to ask a couple of, a couple of questions here. So um, you and I have known each other. um, I think, we're going on close to about 10 years of having a somewhat decent of a relationship. Uh, do you remember the first time uh, that, that we met? Um, I believe I believe I was trying to think about this before. This I, proprietor, well, is that it was, I, I, I actually sat in the booth with you at the proprietor's cup and called the final three action with Brandon Novak, Shannon Pluhowski and Jason couch. Yeah, and I just – do you remember that day and how I got you in the booth? Because I really don't remember. I don't remember how I ended up in the booth, no. I remember sending you an Innovate, though, right after that because you asked me for a ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was bowling a little bit, and uh, I, I don't know who was using that ball, but somebody was using that ball. And Tommy was, Jones used that ball a lot. Or no, I can't remember. All I remember is I, I said, Dave, what's your, what's your email address? And I, you know, I hit you up for a ball. Like how, how many thousands of people have done that, Dave? I, I lost track about 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so those that don't know, Dave has been a salesman for many, many years with uh, Ebonite International. Uh, and then uh, he took an executive position uh, with the company as uh, the um, man- global marketing manager uh director of marketing is what I called it. Um, and now you're working with Brunswick and you're back out in, in this, in the sales field. And I think a lot of people that are watching this, uh, would like to get, uh, information about the number one asked question as a, as a salesman and as a marketing person in bowling, we just talked about me hitting you up for a ball, but the number one most asked question in bowling is how do I get on staff? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I would uh, I would tell you that when it got announced that I was going back in the field as a sales guy, the first five emails I got were about how to get on staff. So let's talk about that for a minute and let's let's try to break it down for people a little bit. Um, Obviously, with the game, with inflated scores, easier patterns, bowling balls that have more technology in them, scores are inflated more than ever. So when you see a bowler average 230, and they're on staff, and suddenly you have a breakout season in your home house. You're averaging 230 in two leagues, and you just beat that guy last weekend in a weekend sweeper. That's when you start thinking in your mind, I'm good enough to be on staff, and in comes the email. Could you break it down a little bit 
and tell everybody what are the important factors that bowling ball manufacturers look for uh, to be on staff and what what's an automatic qualifier, what's fringe, just kind of cover what it's like to field these things and what you need to do to get on staff with a ball company. Well, uh, thanks for putting me on the spot on this one. <laughs> I think it needs to be talked about. Honestly. It does. It's going to lead to him getting 30 emails after the show saying, hey, Dave, listen to what you said, and I think I fit all the requirements. Can you <laughs> a couple of cases? <laughs> so, so the requirement is bowl for a living and be on tour. No, just kidding. No, uh, I mean, that, that is. I mean, honestly. That's what it, that's what it used to be, and and – you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say a few things now that may hurt a few people's feelings, but it's just the truth. The, there are too many staffers in our industry. There are too many people getting free product. Our industry is broken in that respect. Um, we as a company, as the brands of Brunswick talked about this in our last seminar trail, right before everything got shut down. Um, we want to right size this. There, there are too many people on staff. You know, again, I'm going to say a few things that might hurt a couple of people's feelings, but averaging 230 in league doesn't constitute being on staff. It just doesn't. A lot of people do that. And unfortunately, we're putting our customers on staff. We're putting people that buy our products and now giving them to them for free. And it's just kind of a broken model. Now, does that mean there shouldn't be staffers? No. Do I, do I truly believe that if you don't bowl on tour and bowl for a living, you shouldn't be on staff? That's debatable. I, I would, I'm probably a little closer to that than not, but there are many other factors for being on staff. One, owning a pro shop. The pro shop owner determines what they're selling. Well, that is certainly uh, something for us to look at. So if you're a pro shop owner, yeah, there's, you know, that's a big factor. Are you an influencer in your market? And, and I would use somebody, you know, honestly, I'll, I'll put you on the spot, Matt. I would use somebody like you. You're an influencer in your market. There's a reason for you to be on staff with us. You have a reach. You have a social media presence. That's another reason. Um, you know, I, I've got, you guys know how many people are in my private staff group on Facebook. And I've got about 10% of people in there that haven't interacted with me one time in three months. I, you know, there's gotta be some interaction. There's gotta be, I, as a product specialist, I treat the staff as my eyes and ears on the ground. I can't be everywhere. So they've got to be an extension of me to let me know what's going on in their local markets. That's why they're there. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of different factors. There, there is, there's just not one determining factor because everybody that's on staff may be on staff for a different reason. Again, they could be an influencer. They could be a pro shop operator. They could be a, 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 re, a great second tier bowler, you know, not quite tour caliber, but they win everything in their local market. And although that may not sell balls, what it does for me is it allows me to market that person and market our products that our products are winning. So there, there, there's a balance there. And, and I look at it because I'm a bowler per se, is that's where I came from. I probably look at it a little bit differently than other people. 
I probably have more bowlers on my staff than some of the other guys. Some of the other guys might have way more pro shot guys. You know, I, I, I try to treat it probably 65, 35, 70, 30 pro shop guys to bowlers. Um, the other reason I need some guys that are not in pro shops, because if I've got a trade show or a demo day or something going on and I need somebody to go work it, well, I can't ask you to go work at your competitor's pro shop. So I hope that helps. I hope that answers some of it. Um, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but there has to be some cutbacks. There has to be less staffers to make our industry healthy. And, and everything that's going on in the world right now certainly isn't helping. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great explanation. You know, um, in the positions that I've held with, with different companies and, and being uh, having the opportunity to sit in the room and, and have a say, so to speak, in all of that, I always told people that, it, you know, it, it, a guaranteed way to get on staff is to bowl on a major network on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon uh, consistently, and and you're a slam dunk for staff at the highest level. That may uh, mean that you get some compensation from a financial standpoint, plus you get access to bowling balls, plus you get access to uh, tour help, and that's a guaranteed way to do it. So work at your game, and, and you'll definitely get on staff that way. And then there's another tier up beneath that, which is a regional status. And a regional status, so to speak, depending on what each company calls it, would be someone that uh, that 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 bowls league uh, that has a good uh, relationship in their bowling center, uh, bowls weekend warrior type tournaments in their area when they can, bowls the regional schedule on a regular basis, has won at least once, uh, makes the finals, uh, and is always a factor of bowling in a regional type event or a high end amateur tournament, um, and then uh, that that th that level of player is probably also a slam dunk uh, to be on staff. And then you've got then what I would call an amateur status tier, which would be uh, the type of person that is just that, that, that person that has it. They are loved by everyone in their market, in their community, in their town. Not Adam, only in their community, Adam Barter. but, but Adam they, Barter. yeah, <laughs> they're loved by everybody in, in their town, but he's also got Eagles. So I, I put him a, a, a yeah, not he's, above that. He's, he's a unicorn. He is. He is definitely a unicorn. He's a, he's a major influencer. But um, but this then this type of person is is where where you, Dave, have a tough, tough decision because you have to determine whether or not because this is this is where it's gray. Uh, everything else I kind of just said was black and white. It was based on performance, how you did all those sorts of things. You're making consistent finals. You can analyze the data. But then this is where it gets complicated is when it gets into the gray area of how good of a person are they? How influential are they? Um, maybe they're, maybe they don't bowl as well as a couple other guys in the area. And then they get downed on social media because man, well, how's that guy on staff? It's who, you know, and who, you, you know, so, um, so that makes it very interesting for staff. And then there's, then I believe that there's one level beneath that, which is that, that up and coming person that it's your responsibility as a person who's looking out for the company to, to, to look at young talent that could be that high-end staffer down the road, that you take a chance on early on in their careers, that you mentor, that you use in your area. So th those is kind of what, what I always look for when, when I was on staff. And it just kind of speaks to what you said, Dave. But at the same time, as you say, there's this whole other category that's super important, which is the pro shop operators. Having that pro shop operator showing up every day to work, wearing your logo, 
knowing your equipment. It doesn't mean that the pro shop operator is not going to going to recommend a ball for their customer in a different brand. It doesn't mean that because if a pro shop operator is a good pro shop operator and you've got a guy that comes in every single day, let's just say, for instance, Storm, and, and you work for Brunswick, right? Let's just say this guy comes in every single day and, and he's bowling great with Storm products and he comes into your pro shop and there's a new Storm ball that comes out. Well, and he wants it. You, you, it, would, it would be totally stupid of you to say, hey, well, I'm not going to drill that ball for you. You better, you better get one of these because I'm on staff. And, and pro shop operators that get it, they don't do that. But at the same time, when you do have someone that's, that's, that's with your company, you, you can once in a while say, hey, Bob, did you get a chance to check out our new ball? I'd like to see how it compares. Let me get you a discount on it or a seed ball or something like that to try our product. And if they say, no, absolutely not. I, what's works, works for me. It's not broke. Don't fix it. You know, then that's fine. And I, and I just wanted to bring up a few of those instances because that's really what you deal with on a day-to-day basis when it comes to staff, right, Dave? It is. And, you know, a couple, couple things there, like talking about the pro shop guys where, yes, they're not going to 100% sell our products. They're, they're just not. They're, everybody's going to have some competitor's product that they want to come and buy, and that's fine. But where we do get 100% of it is the 80% of people that come in and don't know what they want, they're going to get one of our products. And, that's, and then one thing I can tell you about staff, the one thing that'll get you either thrown off of staff or never looked at for staff is acting like a fool. <laughs> So any of the people that are on staff currently or want to be on staff, just know that you're under a microscope every single time you are in a bowling center or on the lanes or in an environment with bowlers because the guy that's not on staff that's standing right next to you wants your position. Oh, yeah. And especially in a day and age where – um, guys like Mike Flanagan are out there going around with a tripod and setting up some live streams and everything's caught on camera these days. You know, maybe back in the day, you might've been able to get away with something, you know, maybe, you, you know, word didn't travel as fast. Technology didn't allow people to communicate so quickly and effortlessly to where all it takes is one text message within 10 seconds of you kicking a ball return. Dave Watka can find out about it. And believe me, I do. Right. Exactly. I know about it. If you do something wrong. I will know about it before tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. And whether it's whether it's another staffer that's trying to look out for the image of the brand and say, hey, this may not be a good look. So-and-so continues to act out. And I see them in tournaments every weekend and people are saying stuff. Or it's somebody that, again, doesn't have a contract and someone that's bitter. And regardless of which perspective it's coming from, it's dangerous. And you got to make sure that at the end of the day, it's more than just having your own name on the back of your shirt. You all of a sudden have this brand that is endorsing you. That's literally whether or not they're paying you a salary, they're giving you products and they're giving, you know, they're giving things to you, whether it's promotion on social media products, help out, help out at events like PBA tour stops or something else like that. They're investing in you. And, you know, that would be like somebody giving your company a million dollars and saying, you know, and putting, you know, putting their associating their brand with your brand all of a sudden, and you go around and you start tarnishing it. Um, and so it's really, it's a dangerous and tricky situation um, for a lot of people. And bowlers can be hotheads, man. 
bowlers can be hotheads and they can break ball return covers and scoring monitor screens and throw bowling balls. And, um, you know, it's just, it's dangerous and you certainly got to be careful. There's one other, one other point too. And I, you know, I, I, I cringe every time I have to type this in my staff group, but at least two or three times a year, I have to type it in my staff group that if you're on staff, wear a logo, wear a logo. You don't see Tiger Woods without a Nike logo or Ricky Fowler without a Puma logo ever. If you're representing a company, wear a logo. It's true. You know, you're, you're not helping us if you don't have our logos on. And there is there is one thing, Dave, that, that I do want to I do want to bring up here that, that we've talked about before. And, and I think everybody's thought and talked about this in, in the bowling industry. We've got this thing. It's B2B business, right, Dave? It is. So it's a B2B. And can you explain what B2B means? So B2B is business to business. So as a manufacturer, we're selling to a distributor who is then in turn selling to a pro shop who is then in turn selling to the consumer. So for us, it's a B2B and then again to be a business before we even get to a consumer. Right. So because it's B2B, there's one key missing component that we don't have in bowling that we need to try to figure out someday. And, and, and you've tried to figure it out to the point <laughs> that you've invested so much time into this and, and almost had it pass some way, somehow. And then it got shot down at the downstairs of the pinnacle one time, uh, which is a consumer loyalty program of some <laughs> trying to do something because I'm just going to take this for a minute, right? Best buy. All right. Best Buy kind of sucks, okay? But at the same time, Circus City's out of business, right? So Best Buy is just Best Buy. It is what it is. And being an electronics guy, I like Best Buy just because it's kind of the only option. It's kind of like uh, kind of like Denny's. I, I won't I, I won't die. Give me give me a whatever um, <laughs> and slam. So, anyway, so the point in the matter here is that I'm getting at is Best Buy contacts me on a regular basis and makes me feel like I'm on Best Buy staff. Because they say, hey, you've got this many rewards points. If you spend this much more, we're going to give you a $5 reward. Hey, Mike, because you've purchased this much, you're now an elite member, right? And if we had something like that in bowling to be able to offer some little kickbacks here and there to consumers, I think this whole staff debate would maybe calm down a little bit and more people would feel part of the brand and loyal to the brand. Your thoughts, Dave? Well, as, as you know, because you you just kind of hit it on the head. I invested many, many hours into coming up with a program that was, and, and I based it because of all my travel. I based it off my, my Hilton honors program and my United uh, mileage plus program, because I use them all the time and I get perks for them. And I did, I, I spent endless hours working on that. Um, and it just maybe wasn't the right time for the bowling industry to have something like that. But yes, I do believe the bowling industry needs to have something like that. And hopefully, uh, hopefully I can be a part of putting that together someday. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, well, I didn't necessarily know we were going to go there, uh, with staff, Matthew, <laughs> was there any other big, big topics or anything that you wanted to, you wanted to bring up here with Dave since uh, I kind of took that one over? Um, well, well, let's let's go to a little bit more fun route. You mentioned earlier, Dave, you've got this uh, incredible 
you've got a, a bunch of insane collections from baseball cards to sports memorabilia to bowling balls. And we've been seeing on social media lately, a lot of these like pick three of these nine, you can only, you know, you've got, you can only have these nine or these three, out of, you know, pick three out of the nine here out of your bowling ball collection. Which oh. three are you saving? Uh, first off, I think we should, you should probably go ahead and name, uh, you know, a bunch of the balls that you have in your collection that you can think of off the top of your head and then go ahead and name only three of those that you're keeping. Well, uh, I, I can, I can give you the first two that I'm keeping right off the top of my head. That would be the Brunswick gold crown that I have that's undrilled and the white fab one that I have that's undrilled. That is actually the very first hammer ball off the line with that core in it. Wow. So those two, those two I'm not getting rid of. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, you know, when we were doing our prep yesterday, I was telling you back, back over here, there's another wall in my basement that I'm doing a, like a bookcase unit that I'll be putting all the balls on display. Uh, but I've got a lot. I mean, I po actually posted some on Facebook this morning. Yeah, I saw that. I've got pretty much the whole line of Manhattan rubber balls that are all undrilled. Um, probably my third one that I have would be uh, in 1969, Ebonite made a Don Carter commemorative ball, and there were only about 5,000 of them made. And I have two of them, and one of them is actually signed by him. Wow. That uh, I I won't get rid of that one either. That one will that one will be on display. And then my uh, I, I got to thank John Gaines because I also have a Derek Jeter uh, visible that's autographed by him. That's awesome. That's cool. So I think, I think now you might uh, not only have a couple of emails about like staffing and stuff. Maybe you have some emails coming through now asking about the personal collection and uh, what balls they can get. You know, if they can get a. They want a half shot sweeper if they can get a gold crown. Um, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> those that, that one and the white fab are off limits. Those those two uh, those two are definitely off limits. There's others. I mean, I've got I've got the whole Magnum series. Uh, the the Earl the balls Earl Anthony always endorsed. I've got all of those on drill. Um, Firebolt Firebolt SO Firebolt Two. The majority of it is ebonite, but I do have some older Brunswick and AMF stuff. Got an undrilled LT48 because that's what my mom won her title with in 1979. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, and your mom, Kathy, she she is uh, an absolute rock star. She uh, she helps with, with bowling tournaments at the highest level. Um, she helps with the PWBA Tour. Uh, talk a little bit about your mom and and her involvement in bowling and 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 how you and her how your relationship is. Uh, I don't think our relationship could be any better. Uh, you know, my mom and dad were both as supportive as could be from the time I was five or six years old. I, I, I mean, I even posted a picture I think last week for Throwback Thursday of me bowling when I was six years old. Um, but they just supported it from from the very get go. My mom bowled on the tour full time from. 74 to 81 and then again a little bit in uh, 88 and 89 and 90 um and then a little bit in 91 to be honest with you that what would have been really cool my mom's very last tournament that she bowled in 91 was the same week that i made my first tv show and she ended up finishing seventh that week we almost made the show the same week <laughs> which that would have been very cool 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. But, uh, you know, now she's she's helping Tennille out on the PWBA and absolutely loves it. And, you know, I give her crap a little bit when I'm following the scores and they're not updated right away. I'll send her a text. Hey, score lady, come on, let's go. <laughs> hey, Dave, uh, final question for you. This time has really, really passed quickly, and, and we'd like to have you on again, even not on, on Dave week for sure. But uh, I want to ask you about a particular relationship that you have uh, in bowling. Um, and that's with, uh, a guy that you roomed with, um, <laughs> that you babysat. Um, but I know you also have a lot of respect for this guy and that, um, you know, he was, he was probably, or is someone that you looked up to a lot and learned a lot from over the years. You can give him a lot of trouble or you can uh, joke with him a lot, but he is, uh, you know, a hall of famer and one of the greatest people to ever step foot on the on the approach which is jason couch could you talk a little bit about your relationship with jay and, and how you guys became such good friends and and just your thoughts on jason couch in general uh, i can tell you how we met it was 1988 at the uh american dream classic amateur bowling tournament at samstown he uh he was bowling a sweeper and needed to hit in the 10th to beat some guy from germany and missed the head pin <laughs> And uh, went in the pro shop. My mom drilled him a new ball, and we became friends. Ever we just hit it off. We became friends, and we roomed together for the majority of our time on tour. Uh, he roomed with Parker a little bit. We, you know, we had some other roommates off and on, but for the majority of the time, we roomed together. Um, he's my best friend. I talk to him every day. He calls me to bitch about something every day. <laughs> um but you know it, if he's your friend he would give you the shirt off his back he's, he's that kind of guy but he was also probably the most intense guy you'll ever meet on the lanes and i think that's why there's a lot of people that maybe don't like him because they only know that side of him and they only see him on the lanes and you know what he was cocky he was cocky but he was one of the best left-handers ever. And, and I will go out, I would say this with all the other lefties listening, he's probably the most versatile left-hander. The guy made a show throwing it over the right gutter in Toledo when he was the only lefty to make the top 24. Wow. You know, there, there just aren't very many guys that can do that. And um, he had one of the best careers ever. I mean, he was voted top 50. He's been uh, with Ebonite in some way, shape, or form for the same amount of time I have. We signed our contracts on the same day along with Mike Shady. I don't know if you knew that, Mike, or not, but uh, Mike Shady signed his contract on the same day as the two of us as well, and we're all still affiliated with that brand somehow. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, and, and I know you have a lot of respect for Jay, and you also have a very brotherly, kidding relationship with him as well, but I think it's, uh, I think it's one of the all-time uh, – best roommates in, in PBA tour history is you two and uh, to be able to go on and, and, and have careers outside of throwing the ball down the lane, but having success as uh, sales guys, executives with companies. Um, it just shows that not only are you good bowlers, but you got uh, really good stuff between the ears also. So congratulations on just everything that you've accomplished, Dave. I, I have really enjoyed our time being able to work together uh, not always agreeing um, and at times challenging each other uh, to get aggravated with each other a little bit. But I think that that just goes to show uh, that that we're both trying really hard and we respect one another and not at any given time when we had 
uh, disagreements. Did you ever treat me unfairly or in any sort of way that uh, that I that I got upset at you in any way? And 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 working together as closely as we did for a period of time, I think that just speaks a lot to your character, and I really appreciate it. I appreciate that, and I appreciate that that you challenged me on a lot of things too. I mean, you know, I was kind of new in that position and I, I felt like I grew into it and got pretty good at it at the end there. But, um, you know, I needed to be challenged in that position. I didn't have all the answers, but we had a good team and we had good discussions and some of them were heated, but at the end of the day, we all went out and had a beer together and we were all friends. And moving forward, we look forward to uh, working together in the future, of course. And, uh, on behalf of Matt as well here, we'd like to thank you for coming in. We need to let you go at this point, though, because we do have a few other topics we need to get to, and hopefully you enjoy being on the program today. Great. I'm going to stay on and listen in and uh, watch the rest of the program. I appreciate you guys having me on, and hopefully I can get back on again. You and Missy stay safe, man. You guys as well. Take care, Dave. Well, Matt, uh, it's yeah. great having Dave on. Um, the Dave week, it just keeps compounding, and it keeps getting better and better and better and better. So yeah. For, for any other name weeks that we have in the future, there's a lot of pressure on you because um, we got some all stars. I mean, we've we've had some all stars the past couple of days, and what a great guy Dave Walk is. And I think there's a lot that he told. You know, we spoke about that. Not a lot of people know. Um, you know, like a lot of things that I didn't know about Dave. A lot of things that he went through. You know, the hard life of having to decide between a career, family, bowling. And I think that that's something that a lot of people go through nowadays. Um, and I think that he was great, provided a lot of value to everybody as to like what to do to become a staffer. And yeah, I think that he answered a lot of really great questions. So grateful for Dave for coming on. Yeah. And, um, you know, 80 hours a week, um, some weeks the guy would, would work, you know, uh, his job, I mean, answering calls at night from, I mean, everybody wants to talk to the guy. Yeah. Who wouldn't, you know, just listen to that interview. Who wouldn't want to talk to him? Yeah, exactly. He's just a, just a great person overall and uh i think that's why i enjoyed working with him so much um and uh i look forward to seeing what else he does in his career you know rick barbera is a person who who has joined our program and also had a comment earlier today as well and it's like those two kind of are in the same quadrant you know so to speak guys dedicate their entire career rick's older you know (laughs) he'll admit he's older but i could see dave Watka one day you know taking over for like a guy like Rick Barbera learning the software and Brunswick moves him over to that. And he's at every event running, uh, running, running, uh, the masters making everything. Sure, yeah. You know, Cause he's in that building now. Like yeah. who knows what Dave Watka is going to be doing the rest of his career, but he's just one of those guys. He's kind of, you know, being with one company his entire career too, like Parker, <laughs> like Johnny, uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I think. And Rick is still listening. So, so Rick, is, uh, Rick has got a very long attention span. So we yeah, yeah. That, and speaking of that, we've we Mike, we reached 120 viewers for a good period of time today. We're reaching triple digits. Grateful for. I can't. I'm not surprised that it's when Dave comes on that you know we see some some spike in our viewership here. So we want to thank all you guys for tuning in today. Um, we also had uh, we also had artist um, and collaborator with Inside Bowling, Sam Villarreal come in today watching not sure if he's still here or not but he designs uh, some awesome shirts over at insidebowling.com with us some house shirts brad and kyle packy the juggler um he's done some really great work um and he makes these really really incredible pieces of art so if you want to head on over to inside bowling use that discount code mf2 and if you can't figure out why it's mf2 
because Mike Flanagan's MF, I'm MF, and uh, so MF too. That's yeah, and you can level. you can do whatever you want with the MF terminology. Some people. <laughs> directions. Matt, one thing I failed to mention to you before the show is, is we have to cut about three minutes early today because other commitments. We also work with BowlerX.com, and I'm going to be going live over there with Lee Sant and his wife, Krista. We've got a big bowling ball giveaway going on over there. They've been running a really cool promotion. So I'm going to be running a show over there on BowlerX YouTube and on their uh, Facebook page. We'll probably get started just a couple minutes later than advertised, but uh, looking forward to doing that coming up right after our show today. But we do have a couple of uh, couple of things we do want to touch on. I'll let you uh, handle the collegiate side of things. We had a collegiate show last night. Yeah, collegiate show announcing um, postseason awards on the USBC side. Um Definitely some really cool, interesting news. You know, Caitlin Johnson winning uh, Female Player of the Year. No surprise there. Honestly, she's been um, an outstanding collegiate player uh, for her entire career. And not only just collegially, but with the Team USA program individually, she's uh, she's an outstanding goal. She came in as a freshman uh, my first year at McCandry. Uh, she came in as a freshman at Weber and uh, was their anchor bowler and took them all the way to the TV finals where fortunately we won. Um, shout out McKendra Bearcats, but, uh, but she did an outstanding job. There were multiple gains. She needed doubles in the 10th, triples in the 10th to keep her team alive and to keep her team in it. And she was doing it. She had no fear. Um, so not really surprised there. Um, and also Tom Hankey winning uh, player of the year as well. Um, so that's a cool moment. Tom has been a talented, talented bowler for a long time since he was 15 16 i know he was turning heads for a long um for a long time so it's very cool for him to uh, receive that honor as well a couple of a uh, couple other friends charlie reed uh fellow mckendry alum uh this was his senior year we won a national championship together in 2018 and um and he was an outstanding player his entire collegiate career and he was uh voted first team all-american as well um and i saw that um Good friend and awesome guy, Andy Dirks, winning a uh, Coach of the Year award. Just um, another amazing human being in bowling. Just, just you know, we talked about Doug a couple of days ago, and Andy is in the exact same category as him. Andy got into coaching uh, when he was younger to help out his kids, and he's gone from just doing it to help out his kids and to get better with his, you know, help his kids get better as bowlers, who are great bowlers in their own right as well. Um, but taking, you know, taking a team, building something from the ground up um, and talking about, you know, we talked earlier about like working like 80 hour work weeks. That guy doesn't stop. He wakes up in the morning. He works at home. And I got to work with them a couple of times um, as a mental performance coach. And he gets up. He works early in the morning, goes to the office, works, goes to the bowling alley, works, goes to the pro shop and works. So it's just really cool to see um, to see those type of people be rewarded for their their great service to the sport their teams um and just you know their their great persona as well yep and all the other honorable mentions all the different people that we didn't get to awesome collegiate uh season too bad it was cut short but we understand yeah. why because of what we're dealing with here that we really don't spend a lot of time talking about coronavirus on this show we did the first day um and maybe we will some more but uh, quite honestly right now i just want to stick to what we're talking about which is sure. uh, fun frolic and bowling uh, one other uh, piece of news we saw just before the show here, and I just want to read it directly from the Sport of Bowling USBC's Facebook page. Uh, it says, IBC Youth Development has canceled its National Youth Championships events, including the Junior Gold Championships presented by Hammer, scheduled for July in Las Vegas. The cancellation of events includes the USA Bowling National Championships, the Youth Open Championships, and the Survivor Tournament. And in my opinion, as I said on our first day of our program, I agree with the decision 100%. 
no reason to risk anything or uh, cost, you know, anyone in their lives right? or any uh, issues within the family with uh, junior gold still going on. Families not being able to afford to go. It's unfortunate. It's sad. It sucks. Don't let me uh, lose sight of that. Um, right. But all the kids out there that can't go that are upset, uh, this is the right decision. Support your parents, support the USBC, keep working on your game when you can and just go make 2021 the best one you possibly can in Indy. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly, I don't, I, 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 if I had to guess, I would say that that was a very difficult decision for them to make. Um, oh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, they, along with, along with the kids loving to go there and to compete in that, that's an event that, uh, you know, having interned at the USBC for a year or for a summer, knowing how excited everybody in that building gets to be able to put on that event and to be able to give back to the kids that work so hard and, um, to give them a platform to uh to give them a platform to showcase their talents on um i know it means a lot to everybody there so i'm sure it's hard on everybody they're disappointed they're upset and um yeah it's just it's really uh, really upsetting this whole coronavirus situation but most important thing is that everybody's staying safe everybody um is is healthy um and we don't try to rush getting back to normal life and put our put everybody at risk Absolutely. All right, Matt. Well, uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, Rick Barbera also saying all the Team USA events are also canceled for the year. So thanks, Rick, for that insight. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at the same time. Uh, we will be back tomorrow on Friday for uh, the final episode of our uh, beta testing week. We'll see where the show goes after that. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Matt, thanks for being here, buddy. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, everybody else watching today. I want to thank Dave Wadka, our guest. And uh, for those of you that are interested in watching more of me talk, uh, we're going to be over on the Bowler X channel here in just a few minutes uh, doing some giveaways and things with Bowler X. So I want to thank all of the people that work with us and all of you for watching today. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>
but he loves the New York Yankees, the Seattle Seahawks, and the LA Kings. Those are his teams. So here's a tip for you. If you see Dave Wadka out and about, it's either baseball season or football season or hockey season, bring up some conversation with Dave about one of his favorite teams or give him a little bit of the business about them. Either way, you're going to have a great conversation with Dave, probably for a couple of beers. So I hope you enjoyed this extra time with me about our guest, Dave Wadka. A little more information about Dave, but I want to thank him for being on the show again. And as always, thank you for supporting our show, and we'll see you on the next one.